91.3 FM stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh and welcome to the Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM Stereo Yoast, this side of the mic, Shafiq Siddiq, Faldi Fandalili doing technicals and a special guest in studio, our very first program this evening called Salah Queries and uh, it is about you posing the question that you don't feel comfortable asking in the madrasa class or amongst family and friends and uh, there are many questions out there so feel free to interact with me 47913 that is the sms line on 47913 and like i said any question that has been bothering you over the years something that you've seen other people do during salah and uh, you haven't really gotten the time to get to the question or the or the answer for that matter this is your time to pose the question on 47913 and inshallah my special guest in studio will try and do justice to the answers um to, to the questions inshallah so um without f- further delay i need to introduce my guest speaker that that is molana samir saeed the imam of the brooklyn masjid imam molana assalamu alaikum warahmatullah to you and to all the listeners. Mashallah, um, shukran for being my first guest. Alhamdulillah, much appreciated. Olena, um, from your point of view, standing in front of the masjid, uh, you've generally you you face the the audience, the main folk. You must have seen quite a bit of different actions, different things that people do where salah is concerned, and um, it's it it must have come across to you that you know. Those niggly things needs to be addressed. Yes, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <coughs> yeah, think about it. Actually, I'm facing the Qibla, so I won't see much behind me. Uh, but uh, alhamdulillah, we, the questions sometimes are, are posed to me, and uh, then I go about answering them to the best of my ability, of course. But uh, like you said, like you mentioned before, um, uh, with the years that you've been leading Salah and being in a position where people ask you questions, you tend to... Um, notice quite a few things, and some things are, are very, very uh, basic. But Alhamdulillah, uh, what what people need to realize about um, salah that it's in it, it's one of the arkan of Islam. It's something that's of course very, very important. We don't need to uh, rant on about that. Uh, if I think everyone knows that, um, so we shouldn't be shy about asking questions. Um, that's why this program you started now. Alhamdulillah, you and all those who are involved in it. Um, but even in your masjid, uh, if you you know if you if you uh, have something that's bothering you, you want to know, just uh, go up to the imam. Uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily directly after salah. You can meet him afterwards, and um, I'm sure the imam will be you know he'll be happy that you came to ask. I'm taking my own point of view. I, I'd prefer someone come to ask me, and then I can explain to him. Now, Alhamdulillah, now he feels more at ease about the salah and so on and so on. Of course, the approach is also very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just approach the imam in a respectful manner try to be as respectful as you can sometimes uh, because the imam is always not always but many times being attacked but on the defensive <laughs> so uh, the way you approach even in your body language uh, just approach in a nice way and inshallah i'm sure the imam will be more than willing to answer any question if inshallah yes answer for it well in a nice example um it's one of the ladies that has an issue regarding um you know an issue in salah or something that she needs to know and uh how, how would she then go about, you know, getting getting to, to, to pose the question? Yeah, it's an awkward one, yes. Um, uh, well, 
Ideally, she can um, perhaps uh, well, lots of people do. They will um, actually just write a letter, pass it on to the husband or the family. Well, they'll ask the male folk to ask the uh, the imam. We can just ask the imam about that particular thing. Um, how do I uh, go about this, and what is the ruling on this, and can I make salah? So uh, there are ways to get around it. Um, yeah. So whether male, female, there are ways. Just if, if you're serious about it, if you really want to know the answer. And inshallah, the facility will be made available. Like Allah Taala made this facility, facility now available for those that perhaps feel this is a very comfortable setting, and an anonymous SMS or something, and the question can be answered. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Well, you know, the program being uh, Salah queries, the queries that people have have had and still have um, regarding Salah. And as we know, the month of Ramadan is approaching us shortly. Um, so, can we then, um, you know? Get people to SMS to the number 47913. SMS your questions and uh, pose the question. And hopefully, inshallah, Mulana Samir can, can um, answer the question. And you can have an even better Ramadan knowing that some of your questions have been answered. Inshallah, Mulana, I've got a question um, that says, you know, performing salah at home. Are there uh, benefits in it for yourself as well as for the family? And also, um, is it important to actually establish salah? At your home well there's uh, number one performing salah at home before we get to at home salah needs to be performed and ideally for a male the best place would be the masjid but um, realistically not everyone can attend the masjid every single waktu for various reasons so number one salah needs to be performed so to perform it is there's a benefit in the fact that you are now um, resol- uh, um, absolving yourself from the responsibility which Allah has placed upon you, and of course, there's a reward um, according to the quality of salah and all those things. And Allah Taala can forgive us for all our shortcomings. That's why directly after salah, the first thing we say is Astaghfirullah, because it's of, uh, it's our salah minute, and most of the time we could even say um, uh, 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 filled with so many uh, uh, shortcomings. So to perform the salah at home, yes, if you can't come to masjid, perform the salah at home, and there's the benefit of absolving Resolving yourself from your responsibility, performing it on time also. And if you are at home, uh, one of the benefits I would say is then to establish the salah as a family. Yeah. If you are at home, so you're not going to the masjid. So one of the benefits would be then establish the, uh, the jama'a salah, the masjid so far, within your home. So uh, before Maghrib, uh, before Isha, before any waktu in fact, um, get your family into the habit, okay, everything's going to slow down now, five, ten minutes before time, we're going to go to what, uh, you know, what needs to be done in terms of going to the toilet, the lavatory and uh, taking wudu and so on and so on. In that way, uh, an added benefit would be we are actually training, yes, we're performing our own duty towards Allah Ta'ala, fulfilling our duty towards Allah Ta'ala, but we're training our family also on Salah, especially the younger members, uh, the children of the family. So they get used to, okay, this is the time now for this and it's time for Salah and so on. So there's been added benefit of making Salah at home. Well, now we've got uh, a few questions that come in, alhamdulillah. Um, and I'll just go through that uh, question shortly. But before that, Mawlana, coming back to the uh, the benefits of establishing salah, salah at home. As you've mentioned, you know, not everybody can make it to the masjid. Mm. However, um, making the salah at home and uh, the father leads the salah. And Mawlana, the situation comes where he just picks up his first... Um, you know, he just starts off and says, Allahu Akbar. And immediately the father realizes, but I've, I've done something where my hudu was broken. What happens immediately then? And, 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 and let's put it, there is a son or two standing with the father. Well, um, to, to make things uh, very, very simple, um, 
he can just uh, if he doesn't have a door, of course, Salah is not going to be valid for him. And he is realizing that he's not in a set of wudu uh, during the Salah. And in fact, it's right at the beginning of the Salah. So uh, it will take a few minutes extra, and the Salah time will still be the Salah will still be within his valid time to be performed. So very simply, he can just break the Salah. In fact, he's not breaking Salah. He never started in the first place. He never had wudu. He can go take wudu and. Um, the, 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 the sons or the children and family that's worth, they can, of course, either decide to continue the salah or they can also just, um, you know, perhaps also just break the salah and wait for their father and start the jamaah. It's a few moments, it won't take long. Alhamdulillah. Mulana, our first question that has come in. Um, Assalamu alaikum. If I was neglectful of my salah and I repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these months or years that I did not perform my salah, should I repay in these salahs? <clears throat> the issue of qada, the issue of qada. Um, yeah, if it's a few salahs, and known as the issue, but if it's a few years and a few months, it can be a bit taxing and difficult. Look, technically speaking, um, the qada of your salah has to be has to be made up. If you have a salah, it's like any other debt that we have. If we have a debt and uh, that we owe towards a person, years will pass by. That person will still expect and they see waivers. Of course, in Allah Ta'ala can waiver, but as uh, to be on the safe side, of course, uh, we need to make up that qadha salah. For people in this particular situation, I usually advise him in the following manner. Look, a few years of salah, so you're thinking, subhanAllah, I'm salam, I perform now per day. It's five, five, five every day as a challenge in its, on, on its own. So how do I get around uh, making up for all the days, months, years that I haven't performed salah? So what I usually advise people to do in this situation is... Um, uh, instead of performing, many times person make the, a person makes a sunnah before the salah, after the salah. Instead of performing your sunnahs, perform a fard. A So you, you, you usually make your sunnahs, replace that sunnah with a fard. Just change the intention. And uh, so with every salah that you're performing, you're actually performing an extra fard salah instead of a sunnah salah. So just change, change the intention. So uh, let's say it's positive for example. So I'm up. Uh, let's say I even go to the masjid and I have a qada fajr. So instead of making the sunnah fajr when I come to the masjid, I make niyyah. This is a fard fajr qada that I've missed uh, whenever I missed it. And if the person is aware, okay, for one year I didn't make salah, for two years, then he can just keep in his mind also, okay, I'm doing this. He can even keep track if he wants. I mean, uh, it might seem funny, but um, if we're serious about um, our salah and paying up our debts, then this is something we will take seriously. Um, so inshallah ta'ala, we, 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 we make dua and pray that Allah ta'ala makes it easy for, Ameen, for that Ameen. person. But that is one way of getting around without uh, taking up too much um, extra time really. Just changing the intention uh, with regards to the salah that came before and after the fall. Well then Samir the, uh, Saeed, the Imam of the Brooklyn Masjid. And uh, we're doing a program program called Salah Queries. Malana, the next one came in. Can I... Give salam. Can you slum with the imam at the end of salah, or must you wait till the imam is done saying his last salam? As soon as the the imam uh, makes a taslim, he says assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Um, you are then also allowed to make the taslim. It can be shortly. Just uh, the, the point of uh, uh, as soon as the imam ends of the salah, you can also end of the salah. So. Simultaneously, that's a bit difficult. You, <laughs> you have to really be. But if it's just after the Imam, it's still acceptable. No problem. Assalamu alaikum. I have a silly question, Malana. How do I concentrate on my salah? Every little sound distracts me. However, I try my utmost best to not be distracted and beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
to accept my efforts. I mean, inshallah. Inshallah, that will be enough. Um, we all, um, of course, uh, suffer from the th- same ailment. The uh, there are various scholars uh, have spoken about various ways to help you concentrate, and there's no uh, um, real set way. Whatever works for the person, and I mean, we find sometimes that a person can. Sometimes you perform salah. And uh, the world can be going around, they can be falling, uh, everything can be falling around besides you and while you perform salah and you don't, you're not even aware of those things. And other times, any little sound, of course, disturbs you. So, it depends also a lot. So, scholars have spoken about many things that you can do, perhaps before the salah, instead of just engaging in salah, before you, uh, let's say it's, um, it's now a time for a particular salah, before already, you start getting your mind and, uh, and your heart ready for the salah ahead of time. Many times we, we are busy with, uh, with worldly things, whatever it might be, uh, necessary one, necessary, doesn't matter, and we immediately jump into the salah. So obviously our minds are still working, we think about what we just did, what we're going to do after the salah. So uh, there are many things, one of the things we can do is just slow down ahead of the salah. So perhaps go to the masjid or before salah just sit still for a few moments, perform sunnah salah, make some dhikr, and then uh, get into the salah, then perhaps inshallah I'll Minds have slowed down a little bit, how hard some what is, and we can focus a bit better in the salah. But inshallah ta'ala, um, like we mentioned before, that's why one of the first things, in fact, one of the first things we do, if not the first thing we do after taslim, is just say, Astaghfirullah, Allah ta'ala, forgive us, because we are aware of our shortcomings uh, within our salah. Assalamu alaikum, when making tarawih behind the imam, what near do we read? That's the first part of the question, Molana. Second part is, and do we read Fatiha also? Um, when making tarawih at home. When making tarawih at home, um, so is, are those two steps? So one is uh, you following the imam for tarawih. That is in the masjid. Yes, I'll just repeat the question, Malana. Yeah. Salams. Uh, when making tarawih behind the imam, what niya do we read, mm-hmm. and do we read fatiha also? Ke, yeah, and do we read fatiha also? That's okay. the first part okay. of the question. Okay. Also, can tarawih be made at home? Okay, um, with regards to the first um, uh, part of the question, the first question, um, the intention can be simply um, performing Salat Tarawih, um, performing Qiyamul Layl, that's why the youngster stands up before usually Salat Al-Qiyam, Yathabakum Allah, um, so that can be the intention, I'm performing Salat Al-Layl, Salat Tarawih, it's more or less the same thing. Um, there's no specific Arabic intention if that's what the concern of the person. Um, if you just have the intention in your heart, I'm performing tarawih, or you want to even verbally utter it in English or Afrikaans, whatever, whatever language is uh, most comfortable for you, that will be, it will suffice. In terms of reading the Fatiha um, behind the Imam, if you are following the Imam in tarawih, um, yes, the Fatiha has to be read. Now that can be a bit difficult in, in, in uh, Ramadan, standing behind the Imam, the Imam recites, and you're trying to focus on your Fatiha, and you don't also want to disturb the Imam or the people next to you, so that can be a bit difficult. So what I usually do is, when I'm standing behind the Imam is, I will read the Fatiha, I would read the Fatiha as the Imam is reciting the Fatiha. I'd rather be still when he's reading his, uh, the rest, uh, rest of the Quran, so I would read it very silently, I can hear myself of course, but uh, not in a way that I disturb the Imam or, uh, or the, my fellow followers in the Salah. Um, I'd recite the Fatiha with the Imam, so when the Imam starts with whatever surah, whatever juz of the Quran is going to recite after the ta'meen, I mean, and then uh, I listen to the Imam and I enjoy that part of the listening of the Quran. Shukran Mulana. Uh, next question says, Assalamu alaikum. The Shafi Madhab says that I can make three minor involuntary movements in the Salah without it being batil. What about the Hanafis? What about the Hanafis? I'm not sure about the Hanafis. 
I, I, I told you before the show, it was going to be two technical questions, but um, inshallah ta'ala, um, I can't give an answer, I'll be thumb sucking now, and I don't want to do that. So inshallah ta'ala, hopefully, uh, if it's okay with Shafiq, we, we pass the ball on to next week's uh, guest. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. Molana, as we said, it's the niggly questions regarding yeah. the salah, and uh, Molana has um, said that we, we will focus more on the niggly questions than the thick questions regarding salah. So uh, to the caller 6406, inshallah, Molana will um, get back to us on that answer. Um, the next question, Molana, assalamu alaikum. What was the most beloved short surahs that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited during the various sunnah? Salahs. Um The most beloved to him Well if we just look and think of the ahadith And many of the nawafil salah that the Prophet performed And the, the surahs that encourage us to recite We have to say suratul kafirun And suratul ikhlas ahad, That um, if we read through the ahadith And um, even through our books of fiqh If you see um, the surahs that are recommended to recite many times of the tawaf uh, at the Maqam Ibrahim is Quliyah al Kafirun. It is in the uh, um, uh, Witter as well. This Quliyah al Kafirun is the Surah Al Ikhlas and many other Sunan as well. So, uh, can I say it definitively? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, what comes to my mind are those two particular short surahs. Next question, Molana. Asalaamu Alaikum. Can I carry my baby while I am making salah? Yes, no problem. It is fine. Is is that in the in the case? Um, say, for example, the the male folk has, has got the baby at that time, and and the ladies for, um, has gone to the the section for ladies, Molana, and um, knowing that perhaps due to whatever reason, it would be better for the the her husband to take the child with him. Yeah, is permissible for yeah. The, uh, uh, it will depend on other situation. Let's say the husband's already performed salah, so obviously you'd expect him to assist his wife. Assist one another in good. Um, hold on to the child for the few months. Your wife can perform a salah at peace. Um, if, however, she's on her own, the wife's working now and she's got the baby, and um, she wants to hold the baby in the salah, she can do so. Uh, it's not um, it's not really an issue. She can do so. Um, there is a hadith that uh, the Prophet also kept uh, um, a baby in the salah when he was performing. So that is the the ruling word in the matter as well. Uh, um, when she uh, when the person is performing salah. In Qiyam, in the standing position, can hold the baby no problem. Um, in the Ruku, I guess, as well, uh, to a degree. Probably when you go into Sujud, you'll just place the baby softly down. You can perform your Sujud, and when you come up, you'll have the baby up again. It won't be an issue. Well, now, last question before our ad break, inshallah. Asalaamu Alaikum. I travel to Saldana sometimes. Not always possible to make it, to make Dhuwar due to work. Can I near to combine with Asr when back in Cape Town the mileage is 260 kilometers? Yes, in I total. Do, you should repeat that question again, Father. Okay. Um, the person travels uh, to Saldana Bay sometimes. Mm. Not always possible to make dhuwr due to work. Um, no, I'm not sure if it's dhuwr so while in travel or uh, at work. But uh, can the person near to combine with Asr when back in Cape Town? Well, the, the Salatul Musaf, the Salatul Qasr and Jam, it is allowed. Uh, while you're on journey So let's say the person's traveling to Saldana So when he's outside the bounds of the city of Cape Town He's on his journey towards Saldana You say the mileage is something like 260k So that qualifies him to perform Salat uh, al-Musafir or Qasr al-Jam He's going to have to do it while he's on his journey In other words, while he's in Saldana On the way to Saldana Even on the way back before he enters the borders If you could say of Cape Town Because once you reach, it, uh, reach Cape Town You're no longer a traveler so the convenience and the concession of the salat, the, the salat of the traveler falls away. So you can perform it while 
let's say you're outside the bounds of Cape Town, on your way to Saldana, um, even on the way back. Uh, but if you, as soon as you enter Cape Town again, then that convenience and experience falls away. We've got our special guest in studio, Molina Samir Saeed of the Brooklyn Masjid. Myself, Shafiq Sadiq, and Faldi Fandalili doing technicals, inshallah. Stay tuned to the Voice of the Cape. We'll be back right after this. Are you. You listen to the stem of the Kaap of 91.3 and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM stereo. The program being Salah Queries, and we've got Molana Samia Saeed in studio, the Imam of the Brooklyn Masjid. Molana, our next question. And remember that you can interact with us on 47913. 47913. We are looking for those niggly questions, those little questions that has been bothering you all the years. And uh, inshallah, we'll try and do justice to that. Molana, our next question. Um, I come home Maghrib but did not perform Dhuwar and Asr. Do I perform Maghrib first and then Asr and Dhuwar Qada? So you are. Um, I think there should be a, an extra piece to that, Maulana, if I can just move up to that. Um, and then Asr and Dhuwar Qada and, uh, and Shukran. Okay, inshallah ta'ala. So basically, the question is asking um, if you're making qada, what is the, the sequence? Do you first yes. make your maghrib, which is on its time, or do you make dhuhr and asr qada first and then make your maghrib? Well, technically, technically speaking, um, you should make your qada first, so it would be dhuhr, asr, and then your maghrib. But that's on condition that there's no fear that the current waktu of maghrib is also going to, that its time is going to expire or elapse. So let's say uh, I come at home and there's a few minutes left only for maghrib. Then what I need to do is make Maghrib, I can make the Qadda again thereafter. But if there is time, let's say the Waktu just started or I just came in with Maghrib, I have the time now, then uh, the Qadda of Dhuhr and Asr in its proper order, then Maghrib on its time still. Um, yes, inshallah ta'ala. We must also just on that note, I know sometimes it is difficult and it takes a lot of courage for people um, to do, but we must try, to, to try our best inshallah to perform a salah on time. Um, if it means uh, taking that bold step of going to the past and asking him, okay, can I have a few minutes off at that time and that time? If it means uh, playing around with our, our lunch time, which <laughs> might be a bit touchy, but at the end of the day, we have to ask, we have to prioritize what's more important. So we need to we need to try our best, try our best. If we make the effort, inshallah ta'ala, that, uh, uh, then hopefully inshallah ta'ala make things easy for us. But we must make that effort. Um, Mashallah, the person is performing. Um, his or her qadda salah, and that's that's wonderful. But better than that, and most importantly, in fact, for a Muslim, is that we must try our best to perform a salah on his time. In the salah, Malana, as you said now that um, you know, prioritize and try and use your lunch time and so on. You might just be the first person in the workplace that is taking that bold step. You know, and others might just follow, inshallah. Yes, alhamdulillah, rabbi alamin. And uh, you'll be surprised. I, I mean, people, I, I remember sitting in a, uh, I was at a nikah a few months ago, and uh, the sheikh was giving a talk about, he was uh, the, the person that embraced Islam, youngster, I think he was 17, 18 years old. And the sheikh that was doing the nikah, it was the one that introduced him to Islam and so on. So he spoke a little bit, you know, very proud about this youngster. He became Muslim, he's getting married and so on and so on. He said one of the things about him was, um, he was still at high school when he embraced Islam. And... Um, he was so concerned about performing salah on time that he went to the principal. It was a, uh, it wasn't a majority by far, uh, non-Muslim school. So there weren't many Muslims, only a few. And he embraced Islam. So he went to the principal and asked, "Look, um, I've embraced Islam, and it requires me 
to pray at a particular time. I need to pray at this time. Can you make that room available for me at that time? I'll do whatever it takes. And uh, the principal said, no problem. That's what you need. There we go. And then he said, another request. This is even, uh, this is even more and it might be even more difficult for you to accept. But there are, there are some other Muslims in the school. I want to make that facility available for them as well. And the principal asked him, look, um, but, um, uh, you know, we, where's the mats? It's a small room. Are you going to sort everything out? He said, no, I'll sort everything out. Mm-hmm. And uh, this young says the imam, uh, relates, a, relates a story, would go to the mat. You know, there's these, uh, these movable mats sometimes mm-hmm. in the masajid, which you use sometimes for musalla, for idgahs and so on, those strawish mats. Um, you'd go fetch it every day. Prophet allow him. Luckily, the masjid wasn't too far from the school. And he'd go fetch it, bring it to the school. Uh, and the salah performed and after school take the those uh, uh, mats back to the school so alhamdulillah look at that what you mentioned now so he performed his own salah and everyone else who also uh, then followed his example by performing his salah he gets the reward of those persons salah as well without their reward being diminished in the, in, in the list so um, the person that indicates what well, he gets the reward as well so mansana fil islam sunnatan hasana wherever he sheds any good in islam and others follow he gets the reward of those persons who follow him without those persons rewards being diminished in the list Malana, question that come in um the the guy was making salah in 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 the second half and uh he was busy with his sunnah salahs and as he was in the second portion of his sunnah salah the ikama went and the imam started the farl salah he then joined got up and joined in with the in the in, in, into the farl salah but he was still in his sunnah salah okay. and um, he then while in while joining the, the congregation in the farl he completed his sunnah okay and then he followed with the jamaah with a farl. Okay, so what I'm getting from that is um, the person was standing in one of the 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 the, the, the sufu, one of the lines right in front, and then the salah started, and he was standing there performing sunnahs, and he just continued on his spot, con- uh, completed his salah, and then joined the imam thereafter. So if he did that, that's fine. Uh, in fact, there's two things that can be done. You when you busy with your sunnah, and the farl now starts. So what is expected of the person? Do you just, um, you know, do you finish quickly your sunnah salahs and then join the jama'ah? Or do you break your sunnah salah and then um, uh, join the jama'ah so you can get the reward of takbiratul ihram starting there? So that's basically the options the person has. Um, there are two schools on it. For us, it is better for them, for the person. Uh, quickly just uh, stick to the arkan of salah. Quickly complete your sunnah and then you join the imam afterwards in the fard even though that means just missing a little bit of the first part of the of the salah with the imam um there are other schools I, but i don't want to get into the technicalities and uh, that uh, prefer the person should break his sunnah and then just join the takbir for the halal assalamu alaikum shafiq and molana i am paralyzed i can't walk to jumu'ah will allah punish me for this no no if uh, if you cannot uh, if you cannot make it for jumu'ah there's there's no uh, there's no uh, sin upon him there's an excuse for him um of course, if he can, uh, paralyze in, in the sense that he's bedridden, it depends on sort of the, 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 the condition or the state of his para- paralysis. Um, if um, he's in a wheelchair and um, it becomes then the responsibility of some family member, if someone has the capacity, the ability to do so, to try and bring the, 
the person to the Jumu'ah, take responsibility, Allah Ta'ala will reward that person, of course, greatly, like we mentioned the hadith before. But if there's no one to take him, and he cannot come, and there's no means of facilities for him to get there, then uh, no, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala won't hold him to task for that. He cannot do anything about that. Well, Lena, I think this is a common question, um, and the person might just want some clarity on it. Um, does your wife break your hudu? Stopping at all, that's okay. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So, uh, yeah, the hudu and the wife, and that's a common question, yes. So, uh, technically speaking, yes, it does break the hudu. When, um, remember, we're speaking from a particular legal school, uh, point of view now, the Shafi'i Madhab, as uh, most of uh, Cape Town is so by the mere touching of when skin to skin touches when this touching of the skin male to female um, husband and wife or um, even not husband and wife that would break the hudu which means the person have to take hudu again yes our next question Molina uh, can I make tarawih with the radio at home uh, in this case it is a lady who is home alone <laughs> So she doesn't want to go to, or she cannot perhaps go to the this tarawih um, salah at the masjid. She performs salah at the tarawih salah at home. Uh, can she do this with the radio? Can you follow the imam from your home and the and you at home and the imam is in the masjid? No, the the, the distance. It's not really jamaah. You're not part of the congregation, so you can't start the salah, listen to the imam, and then follow the imam from your home. Because that wouldn't be considered jama'ah. There's, there's too much of different building, different... You're not part of the congregation, really. Um, <coughs> what the person can do, if just... I mean, uh, you can. the person can perform... Untarawi uh, salah, reciting whatever she can, salah, uh, uh, recite. Um, she can do that, perhaps, if she enjoys listening to the Qur'an, then she can sit by the radio and listen, even, just to the Qur'an. There's a reward in just listening to the Qur'an. Even the Prophet some love to listen to the Qur'an. We know the hadith in which he asked once, one day, uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to recite to him, and he started crying upon the recital. So if she enjoys uh, listening to the Qur'an, she should sit by the radio, or whoever, get so comfortable, and listen to, to, the, to the Qur'an being recited. But to follow the Imam, uh, as if it is jama'ah, that to technically not be correct. Our next question, Walana, if I missed a rak'at in the far salah behind the imam, what do I do? Okay, so this is a person that comes late. Um, basically, when, a, when you come late for the salah, you've missed one rak'at. You follow the imam, as long as you join the jama'ah now, you, the congregation, you follow the imam in all his positions. But you keep in mind the rak'at you are currently busy with. So let's say, uh, for example, it's... It's a uh, dhuhr, and uh, I come in, myself, I come in the second rak'ah, the imam is eating the salah, the jama'ah is already, so I will follow the imam, and when the imam makes the testing with his fourth rak'ah, but I know it is my third only, which means when the imam makes the taslim, I will then stand up, and I will perform another rak'ah, and that, that last, that rak'ah then would be my fourth rak'ah, I would sit in the shahud, and I'd make my taslim, my, you know, the greeting, and that would be the end of salah, so, yeah. Assalamu alaikum. When making salah, um, must when making up kaza must salah. can we read surah Fatiha only and leave out the short surah? What are the rewards for making this salah? Your qada, like like we said before, um, you're absolving yourself from your responsibility, but with every single salah you perform, there's a reward, of course. Um, not only are we absolving ourselves from our responsibility towards Allah Ta'ala in terms of salah, but um, there's also a great reward with every single salah. And yes, a person can restrict himself to just reciting the Fatiha and no 
uh, surah they offer um, the surah that comes after the Fatiha that is something encouraged it is mustahab mandub, um, but uh, the Fatiha itself is far so if he just recites the Fatiha and he does the rest of the arkan of salah that will suffice him and inshallah we can't tell him okay there's so much reward I always wanted the people say, how much reward do I get for that so how do we equate it what do you want me to say I don't know um, how do you even measure a reward in the year after it's difficult to say but is there any specified uh, reward um, you're performing salah, you'll get all the reward mentioned for those, inshallah ta'ala, that are yuqimun salah. They establish uh, a perfect salah in their lives. Well, then I've got um, one here that says, Assalamu alaikum, something that we don't see nowadays or of late. In previous years, during Jumu'ah, during the breaks in the khutbas between the English and the Arabic khutbas, some Muslims would get up and perform two raka'as. What would this two raka'as be? Molana, don't answer. We're going for an ad break, inshallah, when we come back. We'll be uh, back on air with Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Welcome back. The program being Salah Queries, the uh, little nitty gritty questions that has always been bothering one uh, while during um, while making Salah, during Salah, or you've seen someone else performing something differently. Inshallah, just remember that um, there are all different schools of thought as well as Molina has indicated during the break. But inshallah, with Molina Samir Saeed, the Imam of the Brooklyn Masjid, will try and do justice and will try and uh, place the heart at eat at at ease, Molina. Um, to the to the extent where um you know the person has this, this the question has been bothering them for for months or even years and now alhamdulillah they had the opportunity to actually pose the question while being and un- staying anonymous so molina our question was before the break uh, something we don't see nowadays in previous years during jumwa during the the break in khutbas so between the english and the arabic khutbas uh, some musallis would get up and perform two rakahs what would this be um, <coughs> I'm not sure exactly what um, what salah this person is referring to. I'm thinking now after the English khutbah, the pre khutbah, we could call it. Um, usually the adhan is better, but uh, this is the thing about Jumu'ah. You might find some masjid following a slightly different format. So if um, the, that particular masjid doesn't follow the format, then there's probably something else uh, that I'm not sure about what exactly is asking. But generally speaking, um, after the English khutbah, the adhan is made. And um, people then stand up and perform turaka'ahs. The imam then gets on the mimbar, he gives the first khutbah. Then there's, an, there's another break between the two khutbahs, but there's two Arabic khutbahs, of course. So um, what exactly is he referring to? I don't know. If he's referring to um, that salah after the adhan, then um, that's an interesting question. Um, it's going to take us a, a bit back in history now. Um, uh, that um, initially... Uh, during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there was there weren't two adhans, so to say, there was, there was one adhan. Uh, but when the the Islamic Empire, or even the, just the city of Medina, the Muslim inhabitants they increased, and um, it was during the time of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, where they introduced a, a, an adhan before the actual adhan of Jumu'ah to call the people that were busy in the trade or whatever else towards the masjid. And that uh, just continued with the years. It became something which we just continued uh, to follow in that custom, that particular tradition. 
And um, what would happen was after the first Adhan, so people heard the Adhan, they leave, they come from the marketplaces, and they enter the masjid. So um, when you enter the masjid, the Sunnah is you perform Tahiyyatul Masjid. So that is actually Tahiyyatul Masjid they will be performing. This is according to what uh, I understand of uh, perhaps this is what the person is asking about. Um, they would then uh, perform Tahiyyatul Masjid, sit down, and then the Adhan would be called out in the Jumu'ah itself. Proper would be given from the mimbar. Of course, there was no pre khutbah. The imam would give the, the prophet some, or the or it was a, not the prophet, but the, uh, probably Osman Wafan, any imam was leading, uh, doing the Jumu'ah at the time, inside Asan Medina, would give the khutbah, and uh, that would be it. Um, today, we're still following that custom of after the Adam, we make two uh, uh, rakats of salah. Um, I, I remember someone asked me about this not so long ago. Um, we could technically say there is some hadith that backs it up. We could say uh, the Prophet says that uh, between every two adhans is a salah. Uh, either way, it's a nafil within a time when it's permissible to be performed. Uh, it's not really an issue, in my opinion. Well, another next question that is coming um, Can women make salah while she has a monthly period? And some people, again, I will reiterate, some people will think about it as a a stupid or silly question or how come she doesn't know we need to um, also understand that people think differently and also this there could be people that have just reverted to Islam yeah. and haven't gone to that um, period of the the, the lectures or, or madrasa classes so um, the question being can women make salah while she has a monthly period um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that you initiated the show, Shafiq, and that is, no, of course, uh, a woman, uh, when she's in a monthly uh, state of menses, she does not perform salah, she doesn't have to make qadal that salah either. So um, the same goes for while she's in a state of nifas, which is uh, your postnatal period when she's uh, uh, just given birth. Um, also, while she's in that particular state of nifas, she doesn't have to perform salah, and no qadal is also um, expected of her. Assalamualaikum. At certain massages, the musallis recite the kunut loudly with the imam. Is this acceptable? Um, yes, the, the the sunnah in reality. Okay, <laughs> I'm speaking of my wording here. Um, the the ideal in terms of shafi'i madhab when uh, the kunut is being said for fajr is that when the imam says the kunut firstly is divided. There's two parts to the uh, to the kunut. The first few um, uh, things that the imam is saying is actually dua. He's saying Allahumma hadina fi man hadi Allah guide us. Wa'afina fi man afayit. It's actually the first five or six uh, or duas. So the, what is actually expected of the the followers is to say Amin. So the imam says Allahumma hadina fi man hadi. The ma'mum say says uh, Amin. Wa'afina fi man afayit. And we say as the followers we say Amin. When it comes to a point where it starts becoming dhikr, um, it says, فَإِنَّكَ تَقْضِي وَلَا Now it's no longer a dua, it's a statement you're saying, فَإِنَّكَ تَقْضِي وَلَا you, you are praising Allah Ta'ala that He's the one that decrees and no decree is given over His head. You know, in that particular way, nothing is decreed upon Him. So then at that point, when the dhikr, the adhkar part of the kunun starts, then actually it is recommended to join the imam in that adhkar. So when the imam starts with, uh, let me just think, Allah mahdina fi man hadait amin, wa'afina fi man a'fait amin, wa tawallana fi man tawallait, wa barik lana fi ma a'tait, wa qina sharra ma qadait. Those five over there, we say amin. When the imam says, فَإِنَّكَ تَقُضِي وَلَا يُقُضَى عَلَيْكِ It's actually not, not just permissible, it's actually recommended that we join the imam in saying those adhkar. So no, it's no problem. In fact, it is, it is recommended. Few more minutes left, Molina. We've got quite a bit of questions. Alhamdulillah. Um, Assalamu alaikum. Sheikh, can ladies take hudu without taking off their scarf? And if someone sit and salah, 
When going down for sujood, do you put your hands on your lap or slightly forward? So it's two questions in one, Molana. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the first one again. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Molana, can ladies take wudu without taking off the scarf? Yeah, well, taking wudu, what is necessary is that a portion of your head uh, needs to be, of course, the, um, wiped with a moist and wet hand that you just use the water with. So let's say she's in the company of lots of men. She doesn't want to uncover her aura. She doesn't want to. So <coughs> she doesn't have to take off a scarf completely. She can just merely... Um, with a hand and moisten it with water and then wipe it from underneath. She doesn't have to take it off completely. That would be fine. That would be permissible. And the S- second part Second part of the question is if someone sits and makes salah when going down for sujood, do you put your hands on your lap or slightly forward? Um, your hands will remain on your lap when you... Uh, look, we're talking about sitting in salah now. So you're in sujood, you're standing, you're going to ruku, and you go to sujood, you sit down on a chair, um, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, your hands will be on your lap. And uh, you just move your body towards the front to indicate, of course, that you are now in. Sujud. So your head will move towards uh, the front a little bit so that you can indicate that you are now in. Sujud. Please tell me if if you are alone and you're busy and someone is at the door, can you break and restart? So if you're making salah alone at home, someone knocks on the door, do you break and restart your salah? Um, if it's a farsala, then no, you shouldn't break a farsala for something such as that. Unless, of course, it's an emergency. Um, you know this is an emergency. Ah, oh, I'm being killed outside. And Okay, the <laughs> person was waiting now. That didn't mean, mean correct. So then you can break your salah, go assist the person. That's not an issue. Um, if it's a lady, I don't know if, you, if she wants to assist. But yes, if it's an emergency, for yes. But generally speaking, if it's just someone knocking uh, uh, and it's not really an emergency, complete the salah. And uh, yeah, to break a fart salah unnecessarily is not uh, allowed. Well, an interesting one coming from uh, traveling, uh, someone who travels. Can, uh, when going on holiday, can you jump and shorten your salahs for three days? So, jump and shorten, qasr and jump. Um, there are quite a few conditions of Salatul Musafir. Um, we're gonna have to know, like the other person, the other person, yeah, this told me the kilometers, so mm. it has to be a certain distance. Um, the journey itself, so let's say going on holiday, if it's just in strands, is there distance? They, they do mention okay. that, uh, in Langaban. Langaban is what? It's I think it's more than 100, yeah, it's about 110, 115 <laughs> kilometers. So, yeah, then you can make Kostan and Jam for that duration, um, as long uh, as you're not going to be there for. More than three days, more than three days, excluding the days of your um, your arrival and departure. So I come there, in, I, I arrive in Langaban, I don't count that day. Um, and I know I'm going to be there for three days or less. Three days or less. And I'm not counting also the day of my departure. Then for that time, that duration, uh, which I'm in Langaban, I can make Kassar and Jam. But if it is more than three days, that's once again, excluding the days of arrival and departure. Then, um, then no. Let's say you can, you know you're going to stay there for two weeks. Then no. Well, and um, recently, uh, attending Janaza Salahs, the Imam or the Sheikh Molana um, in front would generally um, just repeat what is recited when making Janaza Salah um, that is about to be performed. Can Molana perhaps just give that uh, what, is, what recited is recited in the in the um, Janaz Salam okay. So Salatul Janaz of course doesn't have a ruku in the sujood. It's just uh, four takbirs. So after the first takbir, um, Surah Fatiha is recited. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbilalamin. Until the end, wa the dalin. 
Um, then the second takbir. After the second takbir, um, salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as person, the very least a person can say is, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad or Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Or if that even is difficult to say, sallallahu alayhi, that's just salawat, <coughs> sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or sallallahu ala Muhammad, whatever a person can say. Then the third takbir, after the third takbir, there is a dua, ya the... Um, usually the, the norm is that uh, usually a particular lengthy dua is made so whatever dua you can make um, but even the least a person can say after the third takbir is to say Allahumma ghfir lahu Allahumma ghfir lahu or you would say female Allahumma ghfir laha oh Allah ta'ala forgive her oh Allah ta'ala forgive him then is the fourth takbir and after the fourth takbir um, also a dua the dua that is generally recited after the, the, the fourth takbir Allahumma la tahrim la asha wa la tafrina ba'da if it is a female So once again it's a dua after the fourth takbir um, And inshallah ta'ala That uh, taslim after that So first Fatiha Salawat Dua and dua Mulana, Two questions before we end off inshallah um, I think we can only do about one Assalamu alaikum I've seen some colleagues make two sujoods Between each setting In other words in one raka'ah They sujood four times Is this right? Repeat that again I've seen some people making Two sujuds between each setting. In other words, in one rakaah, they sujud four times. Is this right? No, <laughs> there's, there's two sujuds in a rakaah, so I don't know. Um, I don't know what the person. You know, maybe it's something I'm. I'm not, I don't know about that. So, according to my knowledge, no. Uh, there's only two sujuds in each rakaah. Malana Samir Said, I need to say shukran to you for your time, and uh, Alhamdulillah, really appreciate your efforts. Allah to go I reward you in abundance. Amen. And uh Shukran for coming to the studio. Shukran uh, for having me and um just as a disclaimer I apologize if uh, if I've made any mistakes. Um uh inshallah ta'ala and we hope that this uh, program grows from strength to strength inshallah. Amen. Shukran so much. That is uh, our program for this evening. Maulana um, Samia Saeed of the Brooklyn Masjid. We're going to be breaking for the work of Isha now, inshallah. Thereafter, we'll return to the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM stereo.